Hey, I'm Todd Brown, and I make these videos because I want you to rip on race day. A few key takeaways from BWR Utah. This was my second BWR Utah. I had intended to do Arizona back in February, but it lined up with the Tucson Bicycle Classic. So I postponed to California, which is at the end of April, but I was just really tired from Sea Otter. I wasn't intending to do Utah, but I read about all the new single track, plus the weather looked good. I wasn't going to do it because it's really, really, really hot in August in Utah, but like it was great. Um, and plus it was paid for. So did I get my money's worth? Um, I lined up a lot earlier, so I had a shot at hanging with the lead pack. To do this, get in the corral as soon as it opens and be among the first 30 to get through the treach what could be a treacherous tunnel. It's not easy, but once through the tunnel, the dust was up, the rocks were flying, the pros started to push the pace, and I started sliding back. A gap, op a gap opened. I didn't really care. Um, we formed a second group, which included the famous... Uh, Floyd Landis himself and a few pro women and there we are racing across the gravel and we could see the lead pack for some reason they slowed a bit when they hit the pavement again and we were able to latch on not only that it was only mildly leg searing up the gentle drag before the left hand turned back onto the gravel and another two tunnels this was chaotic, these these other two tunnels, because everybody's charging like 30 miles an hour because we're going downhill now to get to the first tunnel. And the rookies, they freaking freak out and lock up their brakes before the dark abyss. Now, once you get through there, uh, it's a long straight, mostly smooth, direct shot to the foothills west of town where the rollers begin. And I was happy to be in the lead group. At that point, and while everyone is still pumping adrenaline and trying to keep up in those rollers, I just drop anchor and go my pace because I have a plan. After the rollers is some very fast double track with rocks and ruts and sand, and I remembering my race a few years back up there, I was sure I'd not only catch the stragglers, but I'd make up a ton of time and positions. So 15 to 20 minutes later, we are through aid station one and I'm back with the Landis group and the other strong riders. We're not with the pros anymore, but we're with a really good group. Everybody taking poles, everybody pushing hard. And this was really nice. Roll through, roll off. The next section started with an abandoned trail to a raised cow gate. So it's, it's graded and it goes up, you know, like 18 inches or something. And I made sure I was up through up front through there because it, it, I knew it would stack up and people would be challenged with it. So oddly, we were gone. We went from 15 riders down to about six. And at this point, my we're all just kind of going our limit. I'm I'm pushing about 250 watts, which is right at my ride all day limit. Like I can't really go much over that for very long, but I can do 250 for a long time. So the next major feature of the course was the new single track, and I freaking loved it. The first bit was fast and flowy as advertised. I got held up a little bit, but not too bad. Um, I grabbed a water bottle coming through the transition, but what I really need was, needed was calories in that bottle. It is water. So the next section was quite technical for gravel bikes. Um, Moab-style rock features with blue dots so we knew uh, how to get over the rocks and wood bridges over the sand that were, I don't know, maybe two feet wide. So for me, super fun. The, the big Terra speeds were working great, and so was the little bit of travel that my BMC URS has. I passed a ton of guys. 
and on the pavement back to town, I connected with one other writer who happened to be from who happened to be from DC, and we were working well together. We thought I thought we were way up front. Um, then two caught us from behind, and they were going so fast we almost didn't catch. Then here's the thing about BWR: if you're a good descender and good bike handler, you make up time. And when the strong roadies get back on the road, they reel you in, and the Kias just jump on. Eventually, uh, we got popped. The big dude, he went on who he he went on to win the 45 plus. He was just way too strong. First to go was guy from DC. I was next, then the guy in the blue. There was one more rough dirt section, and as I rolled onto the pavement after that, I could see blue up ahead of me. I tried to go by him too fast for him to catch, but I had no luck with that. He caught after about a half a mile of just dangling. So then we started swapping the lead. No one behind us that we could see, no one in front. Um, my last race on this course, I got turned around as we got in town and I lost a three up sprint. Not this time because the first person onto the curb, onto the grass wins every time. So here's what I know about BWR Utah. Get to the tunnel up front. The other tunnels, I literally pray for the riders ahead of you to make it through. The major big group drafting is over at the roller, so just settle in and do your thing. Work on your descending and technical skills because it is challenging. Run the big tires, the lowest pressure you dare. I, I stuck with my 28 up front, 30 in the back. Um, for the wafer, I think a hydration pack and two bottles would be ideal. Um, and so about that nutrition, because the promoter is handing up pure water, no electrolytes, I believe it's probably best to carry liquid laced with massive amounts of sugar and salt to make it the entire distance. Uh, I found it hard to eat during the last 90 minutes, which I needed to do since the bottles only had water. I tried, but it was just too fast and challenging to do easily. Also, sometimes the heat can mess with me. My breathing gets shallow and not even drinking is appealing, which led to some awful pre-cramping feeling. You know, you feel them twitch and they want to cramp, but um, fortunately I had about 15 salt tablets. I like salt stick tablets and I was munching them down like candy. So from that list above, I'd say the two biggest things that I saw cost people time were weak handling skills and dehydration. This kind of racing is a blast. It's all the savviness of surfing a surging peloton with the romping, skidding, and sliding of mountain bike riding. For that reason, I believe the winners represent the most complete riders. Hey everybody, these podcasts and vlogs are new for pedal industries, so if you're enjoying them, please like and subscribe and share with your friends. Thanks so much. Keep challenging yourself.